Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Today is Monday, January 18th. I am Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations. And today we're going to continue our study, jumping into week seven of our statement of faith um, and just really diving into this as a staff to make sure that we are all understanding um, what is listed on our statement of faith, why it's listed, um, the importance of this, and and ultimately making sure that we all understand why we why we believe what we sign um, as a statement of faith. So today we're jumping into statement number seven. Um, I'm just going to read it as we as we jump in, and then we're going to break this down just a little bit. But I think this one is is such an important one for us to to understand, um, to fully comprehend, specifically as um, a ministry focused on what we are focused on. So it says, "We believe that man was created in the image of God, that he sinned and incurred not only physical death but also spiritual death, which is separation from God." and that all human beings are born with a sinful nature and become sinners in thought, word, and deed. So kind of it's broken up into three sections. We're going to take this in bite-sized pieces today as we walk through this. Um, But the first one is we believe that man was created in the image of God. And and I think this is just at the crux of, of who we are as a ministry and why we exist. Because Lifeline is here because we believe in Imago Dei. We believe that we were all created in the image of God. And if you pause and you stop and think about who we serve, it's very easy for for people to overlook those that we serve. We serve the most vulnerable around the world. We serve the least of these. We serve serve children who may be looked looked upon as less than. Um, You know, we could serve expectant moms who have come from horrible life um, experiences and trauma and and maybe looked at as and valued um, what is interpreted as less than somebody else. You know, we, we serve families who have been broken, families who may have had drug addiction in their past and may have lost the custody of their children into the state. And it would be very easy to look at those people as, um, you know, uh, label them as sinners or label them as less than because of their past experiences. But I think at, at the at the core of this, we have to understand that we are all sinners, which is which is in this statement of faith that we are all sinners. We have all fallen short, but we were also all created in the image of God. And, and if we believe that we are all created in the image of God, then all humans have dignity, value and worth. And, and when we see this being twisted around our world, this is where we as believers should have issue. This is where we stand up. This is where we have a voice. This is where we speak up for those who are voiceless. So when we look at, you know, the orphan who is around the world, who who is in need of a family, who is in need of just physical care and 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 means of survival, this is where we stand up. This is where we advocate as a lifeline on behalf of the orphan. This is why we have projects around the world for those countries that don't have um, distinct adoption laws where we know that adoption is not a reality for some of these children. 
this is where we step in to that void and be able to advocate for these kids, to be able to, to teach them a job or a trade or connect them to a local church, wherever they may be. This is why we step in and advocate for the orphan or the vulnerable child. This is the same, same reason why we stand up for the unborn baby. That child in the womb of a, of a lady has dignity. That life has value. That life has worth. And it is up to us as a ministry, up to us as believers to speak up on behalf of these children. So we believe in the Imago Dei. We believe that all creation was created by God, but humans have a have been given um, the authority to rule over the rest of that creation. So no matter what the background, no matter where, um, what hardships these, these people may have faced, they are all created in the image of God. So this, to me, is, is at the crux of who we are as a ministry. We exist because we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We believe that we were all created in the image of God. And if we can wrap our brains around Imago Dei and really um, understand at the core that we are created in His image, then we will have a different stance and a different viewpoint on what that looks like for those that we serve. So we believe that man was created in the image of God. So that's the first one. We can start off in Genesis 1, and I think we would all know that this is where we just start. Let's start the conversation. Genesis 1, 26 and 27. We probably all know this, but it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over the earth, and over the creeping things that creep on the earth. And verse 27 So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. So we know from Genesis that we as man were created in the image of God. We learned this probably as little children from Genesis chapter 1. So we understand the first part of our mission statement that we were man, we are man created in the image of God. But then that all shifts right as we as we continue to look through the rest of this statement to the second part and it says that he sinned and incurred not only physical death but also spiritual death which is separation from god so we know that we have been separated from god because of this sin that happened and it's not only a physical death it's also a spiritual death so ephesians Ephesians 2, which we're going we're gonna to go back to Ephesians as we round out this study. But in Ephesians 2, verse 12, it says, Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ you see, we were we were separated from Christ because of the sin that was committed. We have that physical death. We have that spiritual death. And we have been separated from God. But I think the hope of this, if you remember one thing from this study today, is Ephesians 2, 13. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It is because of Christ 
that we have found reconciliation. It is because of Christ that we have that hope. So hold on to Ephesians 2, verse 13, even as we study through the rest of this today. Um, and remember that it is because of Christ that we have forgiveness and we can find that bridge to Him. We were separated, but we have hope in Jesus and through Jesus. So we sinned, incurred not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God. And then the last part of this statement says this, that all human beings are born with a sinful nature and become sinners in thought, word, and in deed. And I, you know, I, I can't help but stop and think about just the innocence of my kids. I have three beautiful children and thinking through them as they are growing and, and making decisions and just them as little little babies, little infants, little, and then growing into toddlers of just, you know, how, how we are born as sinners, you know, the, the, the selfishness that we have as, as humans, it just starts from a very young age. And we're dealing with this right now of, you know, it's, it, it's mine, it's possessiveness, it's ownership. It's, it's no, that's my toy or no, that's my drink or no, that's this. I don't want to share, you know, it's this innate sinful nature that we have as humans that starts as babies, we are born with this sinful nature. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says this. It says, Surely there is, no, there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. There's no one on earth that does good or never, never sins. I think another verse is, is Romans 3, 3.23. I'm going to read 21 through 24. But it says this. It says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law, law of the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction. Listen to this in verse 23, Romans three twenty-three: For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Guys, it is, it is very evident and we could, we could spend this entire time together, breaking down scripture, reading through passages, talking about the, 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 the core problem of sin. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's a, there's a pastor in, in one of his commentaries that says this, and I think that this, um, this really puts it into perspective. And it says, we are all sinners in need of grace, knowing who we are, is the best way to get where Jesus wants to take us. We are all sinners in need of grace, and knowing who we are is the best way to get where Jesus wants to take us. We have to realize that we are sinners at the core. We can't pretend that we're not. We can't pretend that you know we're talking about other people and, and we are at a higher status. You know, we we started off this conversation looking at the most vulnerable of you know of the of the child in the womb of a mother or an orphan on the other side of the world. It's easy to look at other people and put them in different brackets, but to know that if we believe what this faith statement says, that we are all created in the image of God, the, the playing field has been leveled and we are all sinners in need of grace. And if we can understand that and accept that, then it levels the playing field for us to know that the best way to get to where we want to be is just to accept the fact that we're sinners and understand that the only way to grow is through Jesus. And we have to allow him to take us there. See, our hope is realizing that no matter what kind of baggage that we have, no kind of no matter what we're carrying, that Christ is bigger and His forgiveness can cover all things. So, through the understanding of who we are and the sin that is um, ingrained in us, 
is when we can truly get to where Jesus wants to take us. And unfortunately, I think we just sometimes get so busy that we don't take the time to stop, to pause, and to evaluate our own lives and to understand where we are, understand the sin that is ingrained in us, and to really seek the repentance of our Heavenly Father for the forgiveness of our sins. Because Christ is bigger and His forgiveness can cover all things. But we have to understand that. We have to embrace that in all things. You know, one of the the great um, biblical examples of this transformation of of the the sinner becoming a believer, of of truly surrendering everything to God, is through the life of Paul. And in Acts chapter nine, you can see this picture of who he was before, and even his name change of just the symbolism of who he was prior to meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus to who he became. His name changed completely. In a few short verses, you see this man who was breathing threats against believers, who was trying to get um, authority um, from the leadership in that day to persecute Christians, that he may find them, that he may throw them in jail, to a man who is who is seeking to preach on behalf of Jesus Christ, to share who he was. I'm just going to read a, 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 few, a few short verses as a snippet of this picture. But this is what it looks like to understand that we're sinners, to to cast that at the feet of Jesus, and then to become a new creation. This is what it says in Acts 9, 1 and 2. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that that if he found any believers belonging to the way, men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So this guy was seeking letters um, to be able to, to persecute these. But see what happens. Same chapter, a few verses later, in verses 19 and 20. And it says, For some days Paul, Saul, was, at, was with the disciples in Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who wreaked, who wreaked havoc in Jerusalem on those who once, up, up, once called upon his name? You can, this, this transformation is mind-boggling of this man who went from this persecutor of Christians to a man who was faithfully following Jesus. And he put off who he was and became this new creation. And it's outlined again for us there in, in Colossians chapter 3. I'm not going to have time to, to read all this, but I'm going to read um, Paul's words again in Colossians 3, 9 and 10. And he says, Do not lie to one, other, one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on a new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Read that one more time. And you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Again, the Imago Dei, after the image of our Heavenly Father. We are being renewed in that knowledge, renewed in in becoming a new creation in Jesus Christ. And and Paul um, reflected that for us and is a great biblical example of what that means. I'm going to close our time together just by reading another passage from Paul in Ephesians 2. And we we studied, we just read verses 11 and 12 um, just a few minutes ago. And I said, I wanted you guys to hold on to this verse, um, verse 13. But I want to read the, the passage of Scripture 
on the first part of Ephesians chapter 2 to put this in perspective as we wrap up our time today. So in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world and following the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out desires of our body and mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Here's the transition. But God. So we were this corrupt, right? We, were, we, were, we are sinners. But God, being rich in mercy, because of great, His great love, by which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with Him and seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming of ages He might show the immeasurably riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, but it is a gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we were his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Guys, it is because of Christ. It is because of Jesus that we have this hope. It is in him that that we have redemption of our sins. So we were created in the image of him But sin has separated us from God. But praise be to him that he sent his one and only son to act as payment for us so that we may know him. It is by grace through faith that we have this hope. So let's hold on to this this week as we serve our families and as we serve one another. Praise be to God. Um, We're going to wrap up our time today just praying for the country of Ukraine, Um, specifically praying for those families and children that are there. Um, praying for those families that are in process um, and just praying that the Lord will send more families that are open to adopting older children and sibling groups um, as such a need just around the world, but specifically in Ukraine. Um, and let's just pray um, that the Lord continues um, to be with our staff as we um, as we lead and serve countries around the world. So let's pray today. God, we are grateful just for a new year, a new week and the opportunity to serve God, today as we close out our time, I just pray that you remind us um, of who we are in you. God, that you have created us in your image, God, and that you have a hope and a plan for us. Um, And we praise you for sending Jesus. God, I pray, um, Lord, that you use us as a ministry just to further your gospel. Lord, may we be the hands and feet of what you've called to do and what we see in Scripture. God, may we mimic what you did during your time on this earth. And Lord, may we reach the least of these. God, we pray for even even these children and families in Ukraine. God, may you use our Eurasia team and and, um, social workers as they serve families. God, may you um, please bless these families that are in process, these families that are waiting. And God, may you send us more families that are open to serving and adopting older older children and sibling groups. God, this is such um, a difficult group to place, but God, we know and realize how much joy that they can bring to these families. So God, may you raise up families in 2021 to step into the Ukraine program to adopt these older children and sibling groups, God. And we are grateful for each and every one of them and for the opportunity to advocate for them. And Lord, today we pray for them specifically. So Father, we say thank you. You're so good. And may you um, bless Lifeline 
We are grateful for um, the opportunity to call you our Father. And Lord, may we rest in that this week. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study. Music